0: So we're back, it's Lindsay Care, Matt Care. Good to be with you again. It is the first day of school here in Bountiful, Utah, and so you're going to hear in the background we've got kids showering, a dog ready for a walk, who's panting here on the floor. <laughs> He's like, uh, enough already with the podcasting. Let's get out the door. <laughs> but we wanted to hurry and record for you guys. Um, it's it's Tuesday. It's not Sunday like we were hoping it would be, but better Sunday late ended than never. Up being
1: Busier than we anticipated,
0: Sunday was kind of busy, yeah. yeah, so here we are on Tuesday, bit
1: so we yeah Sunday we did it, we did several different things. Do you want to talk about the first thing that we did?
0: yeah, so well let 's go back just a little bit further than that in the week um, it, so r- last time we recorded, we kind of told you guys how um, yeah, how I had done a lot of kind of just coaching self coaching on myself all week, getting ready for that previous Sunday mm-hmm. and my experience was was just so different than it had been the week before, and then this kind of strange thing that I was not expecting happened a couple of days later. I think it was maybe Tuesday of this last week. I woke up and I leaned over to Matt in bed and I said, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> like I can feel a visceral difference in my body and he was like, "Really, like what's it like? Tell me about it and I said, "It feels like the same feeling you have." when you've been going through a breakup with like an old boyfriend or something, and, and all of a sudden, you know, months later, you feel that difference of like, like, I'm done. Like I can move on. I can start dating other people. The pain of that breakup finally just feels like it has kind of subsided and you feel like you're ready to move on. And so anyway, I've I woke up and I'm trying to explain this to Matt and he's like, uh, <laughs> that's kind of weird. What did, what did you think about it when I was explaining it to you?
1: Yeah. It, um, just because it, it felt like I, because I'm still in that relationship, it felt yeah. a little bit like, uh, unnerving, I think is, is the right word for okay. it. Yeah. Um, not that I have, not that our relationships have to be exactly the same. Cause I think I was thinking about that same analogy. Like when you have, like we had a friend just recently who mm-hmm. Uh, they're getting divorced and and they both uh, texted us separately and and were asking for recommendations or something Mm -hmm. to uh, to go before the court and I was like that's interesting like what if we still wanted to have a relationship with each of them individually Uh Um, our relationship wouldn't always be about like their marriage and like you could have an individual relationship with them still. So that's something that I'm trying, I'm kind of trying to process Mm -hmm. because it has been like, it has been a relationship with kind of the three of us (laughs) in Mm -hmm. some ways, Mm -hmm. but in all actuality, it's never been the same. Like my relationship with a person or with the church or with anybody is all about my thoughts about that person or that church or that whatever. And your relationship is all about your thoughts and your feelings. And so um, that's really all a relationship is—is is just the thoughts that you think about it. And so I was thinking, like, I can still have positive thoughts about the church, and you can still have negative thoughts about the church. Or now, not even negative, just like I've moved on—kind
0: of thoughts. more neutral thoughts.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I can still have those positive thoughts, and I can still just be like, oh, I love this thing, and and you can be like, oh, I'm glad you like you love that thing. I. I don't anymore, but mm-hmm. that's fine. Mm-hmm. So it it was it was kind of a little bit um, tricky for me at the very beginning when you said that, but mm-hmm. I can kind of see how that is been has been helpful for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, we did think of it. I kept explaining it to Matt in terms of a relationship, and I was trying to understand. I said this must be tricky for you because I remember you know a couple of different times having boyfriends who got close to my entire family, right? And so when I broke up with them, it, like, it hurt, it, it hurt, but, or if they broke up with me, right, either way, um, it hurt, but it didn't just hurt me, it also hurt my parents, right, because they were close to this person, and they were like, oh, like, you know, like, ouch, it hurts that they, you know, broke up with you, because it kind of feels like they broke up with the whole family, or, or, oh, so sad that, you know, that you're not going to be seeing them anymore, because we really liked their company, and we enjoyed them, so... It, breakups are just not simple, right? They affect everyone. And um, so, yes, yeah, so I was aware as I was telling Matt this and feeling so excited about it that it might not feel quite as exciting to him that I was like, I'm through with this. Like, I've, I'm moving on from this old boyfriend and I'm ready to move forward. Um, so, yeah, a little bit tricky there, but but not impossible. <laughs> no, not
1: impossible at all because, because uh, at the same time, like, I can... I can be happy for you Mm -hmm. because in some ways it was so painful for you Mm -hmm. that I like, I don't want you, I don't want you in a place that is painful for you. And at the same time, I want to be in a place that is, is happy and joyous for me. Mm -hmm. And so there is that, um, understanding, like, where do I begin? Like, where am I and where are you? Yeah. Because especially as a couple, sometimes you become so enmeshed that like, you start finishing each other's sentences and you like the same foods and you like the same, you know, movies. And... We
0: love when we're out walking together and there are these cute couples that are dressed just to like Exactly <laughs> They're alike. like in their 60s or 70s and they, yeah, they're, now, yeah, now they're both retired and she's doing all the shopping for both of them. and She's like, this hat works for me. Why not too? These <laughs> these exercise shorts work for me. Why not too? But yeah, I think you're right. And, uh-huh.
1: and so there is, but there's still, you still have to be I think you have to have a sense of belonging within yourself very first. That's Brene Brown in in her book, Braving the Wilderness, talks about how you have to belong to yourself first Mm -hmm. before you can belong anywhere else. And some, I think some people, uh, when their spouse leaves the church or, uh, or they want to go back to the church or whatever the situation is, they're it was such a part of the two of them that it's difficult because they're like well how do i belong to me and how do i still say this is what i want mm-hmm. um and and you be okay with that
0: mm-hmm.
1: and and i think it just that's it
0: takes practice i think don't you think like initially it feels really scary and it feels like oh this will feel so alienating but with time i think you just start to find new people right Matt sits by this cute little elderly lady each week, you know, and she's alone. Her husband has passed away, and her kids have all moved away, and so the two of them have just, you know, bonded and have this cute little friendship. and And I think, you know, like you just kind of don't expect stuff like that to happen, and and then it does. And same with me, right? Initially, I was initially I was lonely staying home without you and the kids, and then one by one, our kids started staying home more with me. And anyway, so it's just these transitions, right? And just trying to kind of. I love the thought, um, everything is figureoutable, right? So when it feels really lonely, just being like, you know what, we'll figure this out. And when it feels overwhelming, you know, just kind of like leaning into that discomfort and just remembering, we'll figure this out. We, we always figure things out. So why not this, right? So anyway, so that conversation that morning about um, how similar, that visceral feeling in my body of like, I am done. I'm ready to move on. It... All of a sudden, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" I like ran to the computer and I just Googled um, like this, the stages of grief within a breakup, like you know, within a relationship. And I and I thought, oh, "I'm sure if this is what's going through my head, there's probably you know articles about that somebody's written that have you know similarities." And sure enough, thank you, Google. There's always something, right? Um, Psychology Today had this fantastic article that had the seven the seven stages of grieving a breakup. And I'm just going to read one little part of it to you. Um, if you want to look it up, yeah, it's on the Psychology Today website. But in the last paragraph, it says the stages of grief that follow any trauma, breakups included, can happen over the course of minutes or even seconds, across days, months, or years, and then switch around without warning, leaving you feeling found, leaving you feeling without foundation, especially in the beginning. You feel alien to yourself or cut off from the world. However, like any emotional amputation, continuing on in life means learning to live without that part of yourself and finding ways to compensate for its loss. Furthermore, recognize that there is a method and a structure of sorts to this chaotic grieving process. Knowing that you are not alone can help you ride it out. Your grieving is a part of the human condition, Without it, we would not be wired the way we are to handle the many pains and losses that occur in our lives. As the grieving process progresses, you'll begin to see your way through to a point at which you can let go in a more proactive and self-protective way. A way that you may eventually come to understand as a new beginning. So I thought that was just a beautiful way to sum up the article. Um,
1: I love that. And I love the, one of the things that I love about that is basically that this is we i maybe we 've talked about this before that sometimes we we get to this point in life where something happens like this, and we think this is a problem this is not supposed to be happening this is um <laughs> this is like a you know an error <laughs> like a like a um like a programming mess- mess up or something like that like you know like if you look at a program and you and you look at a a feature and you're or not a feature you look at something that you think is a bug you're like oh th- this program has a bug and then all of a sudden you realize wait what if this isn't a bug what if this is a program feature what if like this is the way i i love Jennifer and Finlayson and Fife our friend Jennifer talks about um how this is how sometimes we think of th- something as pathological or something as um, developmental and she's pathological meaning like it's it's a prob like a an error like a you know pathology meaning built-in built-in yeah some sort of something that is a problem um, and then she talks about how sometimes things aren't pathological we think they are um, but they're actually developmental there's something that we are that are helping us to develop and to become the next best version a new beginning like the article says i love that mm-hmm. and i think that's, that's when it's super powerful is when you can recognize um, whether it's your spouse, whether it's you, uh, that, that this is actually, this might be the, the next best thing to get you to an understanding of your own spirituality, your own like relationship with your spouse, with, your, with, with God if you believe in God, uh, with just people around you if you don't believe in God, if you just believe in the universe, whatever your beliefs are like this actually might be the way that that happens.
0: Mm -hmm. Totally, I love that, because what's the alternative? The alternative is that um, this shouldn't be happening and this is gonna be the worst thing ever and I'm never gonna recover from this, right? So, and they're both just stories. They really are. Everything that we tell ourselves is just made up, right? We just come up with stories that feel helpful to us in some way. And sometimes those stories, they feel helpful to our brain, but in reality, they're not helpful at all. You look at the results that are coming from those stories, and if they're leading you into the ditch, and if you feel awful all the time, there's a reason <laughs> that story is not useful, even though your brain is holding on to it for dear life, right? And so I think just getting really real about, you know, being curious about your brain and are the thoughts and the stories that you're telling yourself leading to things that you like. So that's, um, yeah, that's where I am on on my path. And Matt is is, uh, continuing ahead full speed, you know, within the church. And I am now coming to this point where I I thought I was done. I I I feel in lots of ways like I've been done for a couple of years now. But I feel like this, um, I don't know, it's like I'm finally having actual real closure to that chapter in my life. And I'm feeling like just this real excitement. Um, the last step of the grieving process um, for breakups is redirected hope. Let me read if you'll just pardon my reading for just one more second. Um, it says, you were leveled by the breakup and have the difficulty, and, and have had difficulty letting go, in part because it shattered your relationship with hope. As acceptance deepens, moving forward requires redirecting your feelings of hope from the belief that you can single-handedly save a failing relationship to the possibility that you just might be okay without it. It's jarring when forced to redirect your hope from the, un, from the known entity of the relationship into the abyss of the unknown, but this is an opportunity to redirect the life force of hope. Regardless, hope is somewhere in your reserves and you will access it, Again, as you continue to allow some meaningful distance between you and your ex, so I think I just thought that was that was just a beautiful um, thought about this next phase of life, which is redirecting your hope to something that feels more useful to you and something that feels beautiful to you so Sunday, um, I decided, you know what, I'm going to keep practicing being a visitor in churches. (laughs) And so we we kind of planned a marathon. We went to the Bountiful Church of Christ um, from 10 to 11, and then we went to the LDS sacrament meeting from 12 to 1, and then we went to the farmer's market (laughs) from 1.30 to 2.30. And um, I... In some ways, the Farmer's Market is my new church. <laughs> I was telling Matt, I, I love the Bountiful Church of Christ. We've been there several times, and I, and I still enjoy some parts of LDS sacrament meetings. Um, but really, where I feel like I'm with my people is when I'm at the Farmer's Market. <laughs> and so for now, that's going to be where I'm going to spend my Sundays until until they're done and they wrap up, and then I'll have to find something new to do in the wintertime. <laughs> but I love that the Farmer's Market is a big group of people who are not at all alike, right? I mean, there were state. There's the state prison has a program going on right now where they they ha, they have some of the prisoners there selling plants, and I love that they're there, and I, I and I love that um, there there are people giving henna tattoos, and that there there are people selling salsa, and there are just people there that have, are creating and giving and doing in their u- unique way, and most of them are probably not churchgoers because it's a Sunday market and. Um, those are my people right now. So, um, that's my, that's where I'm redirecting. My current hope is, is just to, you know, just back into the unknown, into the, into the future. And just, I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what the future holds for me. And, um, I'm excited to keep uh, doing my very best to support Matt on his path as well.
1: I think, yeah, I think that I I was thinking about stories, right. And I think sometimes it, a helpful activity is to is to go back and, and write like if if your story had a title, if your book had a title, what would that title be? And or a chapter. Maybe this is just the, the end of that chapter and the chapter yeah. that just finished would have been, you know
0: what would you call this chapter met?
1: The new chapter?
0: Yeah, the new chapter for you. For me? Knowing that like I have kind of closed this chapter for me and, and what does the chapter contain for you?
1: I think the new chapter for me would be like redefining belief or redefining faith, something like that, because um, I think for a long time uh, there there was a, like a, a specific way that I thought that faith had to look. In fact, I was talking with a friend at church about this, and he, he said, because uh, he has a, a, a son who's transgender, and, and he said, um, it's really difficult because we have this certain way that we think everything should always look, Um, And so when something doesn't look like that, uh, it's difficult for us to understand that's how we we are. And I think sometimes that's just how our brains work, right? Our brains want everything to kind of look the same. If something is different, our brains immediately, like you, you go down, you know, a kid brings home a report card and you scroll through and you're like, A A A C. what happened in here? What happened in this class? Instead of being like, good job on all those A's, let's look at like you know, what, how we can improve on that C, we, we immediately go to where's the problem. And that's what our brains do at church, right? If there's somebody who walks in and they smell like cigarette smoke, we go, oh, there's a problem because that person smells like cigarette smoke or there's a problem because that person is this way. Instead of like redefining what that looks like, what, what, what it looks like to us, what it looks like to other people and just loving Like, I think that's that's what the new chapter. So I think maybe for for people that might be a good thing to think about, like, the chapter that you've just closed in your life as you're entering this mixed faith marriage. Maybe you've just entered. Maybe you've been in it for a while. What what was the chapter called before? And and what do you want the new chapter to be called? Like, take a minute and think about that, because the stories that we tell ourselves over and over again like some people could look back at their childhood and say you know pain grief and <laughs> and horror or or they could rewrite the, that that chi- that that title in their childhood as like growth love and learning you know and so the t- the story that we tell ourselves over and over again will be helpful or will be detrimental to us and so like looking and maybe even retitling what you call your mixed faith marriage. Maybe some people think of it as, as some people use that term mixed faith marriage as, as it, like it's so sad. And like we use that term as like it's, it's so exciting because it's a marriage. <laughs> and we've always had individual faith. And our faith whether we believe it or whether we understand it or not has always been mixed. It hasn't been exactly the same. And so just calling a mixed faith marriage um, can be like, in some ways, a badge of like honor of like, we, we're sticking it out and we are allowing the other person to belong to them and to belong to their faith, their belief. And I belong to me and I belong to my belief. And we're figuring out how we can make that marriage work. What about yes. you? What would you call your, the title of um, your new chapter?
0: I think the chapter of um, this next phase of my life is going to be called, This Is Gonna Be Good, because no matter what happens, I think I'm just going to see it as good. And um, I'm excited. I really am. I think there's just so much opportunity. I have no idea. Maybe I'll join another church. Maybe I'll just keep, you know, popping my head into lots of different churches. Maybe I will... Um, start my own church. <laughs> I've said that a couple of times and Matt's like, oh boy, <laughs> don't get her started. But anyway, yeah, I, I know Alan and Katie uh, posted something yesterday about a mixed faith family home evening. So maybe we better start looking into some, some deeper roots there. Some mixed faith sacrament meetings and mixed faith <laughs> uh, Sunday school classes. But um, anyway, I have no idea. I really don't. I'm just excited and feeling wonder and awe and excitement for for the who knows of what to come.
1: So I think um, for me, something that has been super helpful is is when I have somebody who, uh, a coach to listen to and to, to bounce ideas off of. And so we'd like to offer that to you. If you are looking for um, for help with this, uh, feel free to get on our website, MixFaithMarriageCoaching.com um, Lindsay offers a, a free mini session. She has a few left, uh, for this month. Um, it's a, uh, just a, a short, um, consultation call is what we call it so that you can kind of understand what coaching is like. It's just a short 25 minute call. Um, and that's free. And so if, if you're even interested in seeing what coaching is like, uh, you know, take a look at, at mixed and um, we're so grateful that that uh, Alan and Katie put this podcast out and, and give us the opportunity to share for um, real.
0: Yeah, this has been such a fun thing. I had no clue that this was going to happen like I did not I kind of thought I was already done with my with my grieving process right. I did not know that I still was holding on to some junk and that I really hadn't come like to full acceptance and to a full um, place of redirected hope. And so it just, honestly, it was like a visceral change within me. And I felt super grateful to Alan and Katie both that, that they let us hop in on this experiment and and that it ended up being something that was totally life course changing for me. So anyway, thanks you guys. And thanks to all of you, seriously, for just, yeah, for sharing your stories, for getting on, you know, those Facebook pages and just talking with friends in your neighborhood and with us and just sharing Like what you're going through, and it's amazing how tolerable life is when you don't feel alone in things, and when you really, you know, can just be brave and feel like, you know, your courage is is acceptable, and um, it's just a beautiful thing to to share with one another and to uh, not feel like we have anything to be ashamed of. So, thank you so much. We hope to talk to you again soon. Bye. We're gonna see that it was better That we grew up together Tell me you don't wanna leave Cause if change is what you need You can change right next to me When you're high I'll take the lows You can ebb and I can flow We'll take it slow And grow as we go, grow as we go.